Support Black Podcast. Meet Shannon, Cameron, Lauren, and Mel. Four black women who are bonded by nerd culture as they discuss all things comics, games, movies, and TV. Join them bi-weekly on the Nerds of Prey podcast. That's Nerds of Prey, P-R-E-Y, podcast. A different kind of nerd culture podcast because they love you back. Available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and every place that you find the best in podcasts, including nerdsofpreypodcast.com. Check them out. And remember, support Black Podcasts. Welcome once again to a stop on the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. I'm your host, Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always. Hey, holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And on this stop, as we continue our month of celebration of actors who are always a present with their presence <laughs> in these films tonight, focusing on... The legendary actress? I mean, is she legendary? Certainly the, the, the veteran actress. There you go. Helen Martin mm-hmm. in her film Hollywood Shuffle. Let me just tell y'all, throughout the episode, I'm going to be pausing because I want to call it Harlem Shuffle so badly. Because <laughs> it's black people. And it feels like, well, it's black people, it's Harlem Shuffle. No, that's, that's a dance. Right. In Robert Townsend's debut film, Hollywood Shuffle. Yes. But before we get into all that, I think we have some mail, some correspondence, we some do. missives. We do have some missives uh, from all of our missionaries out there. Um, we love hearing from each and every one of you. We've got a couple of emails, Vince. Hey, excellent. Let's see. We have Rudolfo. Hey, Rudolfo. From 10,000worlds.org. Hit us up saying, Messieurs Vince and Len. Ooh, fancy. He's fine. Well, he's Rodolfo. All right. As someone with an almost exclusively technical schooling, thank you for making the Me Show mission. Oh, you're welcome. It has been an education for me. Nearly every episode, you managed to teach me something new about American art, culture, or history. You are the reason I've started watching Ava DuVernay and Spike Lee movies. Excellent. Beyond all that, your show's just so much fun. Some days it takes everything I have not to scare my fellow train passengers by exploding into laughter in the middle of my morning commute. Take care and may you have the happiest of holidays, Rudolfo. Thank you, Rudolfo. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's nice. Isn't that nice? It is nice. It's nice when you can do that, you know, be there for someone. You know what I mean? Um, Actually, that brings me to, uh, speaking of being there for someone, Nina Mosley hit us up on Twitter. Hey, what's up, Nina? At Pisces underscore T82. 
randomly came across your episode on Love Jones. Okay. And felt like I'd found my people. Yes. Man, now I love that. Yeah. Because I do feel like like it's a gathering of the people, mm-hmm. of our people. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, Nina. Welcome, Nina. Welcome, 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 welcome. Going back to the emails, we also heard from, let's see. These are people that email us via mission at gmail.com. Let's see. Sherry D hit us up again. Hey, what's up, Sherry? Hello, Vincent Len. Loving your recent reviews, especially Devil in a Blue Dress and Higher Learning. All right. You recently spoke of process and the do rags, <laughs> and you took me back. Well, there's someone. Here's the thing, though. There were a surprising amount of people who either remembered them or liked them, or maybe we were living in a cave. No. <laughs> but continue. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut off Sherry. No, there's just this one like reasonably sized it's, cave. It's like right with, with the process and the do-rag mm-hmm. fans. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. They just happen to have a lot of cousins. There you go. <laughs> I remember their name. But not their music. Okay, all right. There you go. (laughs) But for some reason, another name popped into my head during your music discussion. Okay. Remember Richard Dimples Fields? As I'm writing this, I'm listening to his song, She Got Papers on Me, (laughs) with the Betty Wright monologue. Lord, I forgot about this one. 1981, we were just kids when this one came out. We didn't know what the papers were exactly, but we figured someone was going to court or jail soon. He had another song, If It Ain't One Thing, It's Another, which I liked back then. I remember that song. Another song with a spoken part. (laughs) Right. Looks like he also had a song called Your Wife Is Cheating On Us. Yes. That title tickles me. Yes. Anyway... I'm not usually one for a lot of begging, pleading, or <laughs> fighting, speechifying in a song. I didn't d- dig Orange Juice Jones' The Rain oh, too he, much. Oh, he wasn't begging on that song. An R&B song with a rap in it is fine, like Method Man killing it on Mary J. Blige's Love at First Sight. Of course. But it irks me when an old school jam, the singer switches from singing to talking, starting with, to break it down, with... You know, baby. (laughs) I will make the exception for Barry White. Let that man talk. Right, 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 right. What about you? Any favorite or despised old song songs, old school songs with spoken drama? Thanks for all that you do. Shari D. What do you think? What's your your go-to? Or go away from song with, with, <laughs> with, with talking in it. Um, there's one that makes me like uh, like cringe a little bit, especially when I hear it now. Okay. Uh, it's New Editions, Whispers in Bed. I am not familiar with that. What album is that on? Ooh, I uh, trying trying to listen to me talking like I knew knew it did. Like if it's not on any heartbreak, I don't really. <laughs> Jesus, um, wow, Vince. Uh, it's, it was like about I think it was their 
uh, Cool It Now, the the album that has Cool It Now. Right, I think right, that's right. The one that has. Okay, but on anyway, like Whispers in Bed, and there comes the break. Now, usually in New Edition, when there is a break. That's a chance for one of the other guys to do something. Either right, they're right. one of the guys who thinks there's a rapper starts rapping, or, right. or Bobby says says to do something, or Ricky sings a hook. Right. I mean, it's really only Mike and Ronnie who talk. Pretty much. Like, talk. Yeah, yeah. But on this one, because Ralph was decidedly the lead, yeah. there's a break for a speaking part, and if I remember correctly, it actually is Ralph. Ralph gets to talk. Boy, I know people were tight in the studio. <laughs> Like how you gonna talk what? and sing? What what do you mean he do the monologue too? <laughs> I'm going home. Yeah. Where the ball? Um, so Ralph gets to talk on this one, and I remember feeling like a little cringy at, at Ralph talking. Not that he was saying anything bad. I mean, you know, and it's funny, he doesn't start with you know baby, but he starts with the hey girl. Which is like almost like if you're not a man, right, right, you say right. hey girl. You say hey girl. If you're a yeah. man, you say you know baby. Right. Um, and so that's the one that comes to my mind right off the bat. I seem to think there was one by full force, but anything by full force oh. was cringeworthy. Yes. <laughs> Cause they had Jerry curls and they did too much weightlifting. Yes, they did. So it was all it was and then it was like like headbands. Yeah. Like the whole the whole full force aesthetic was not it was just strange and frightening. Yeah. Yeah. They was... were like, well, I guess they were the the version of, because what I was going to say is like, they were like the black version of the Booyah Tribe. You remember the Booyah Tribe? Uh, yes, I remember. But I think Booyah the Tribe. Booyah Tribe was really the Samoan Polynesian yes. version of Full Force. Full Force. Yeah. That's what I would go go with. I just always look for a reason to bring up the Booyah Tribe because how did that happen? You know, <laughs> you weren't expecting the Booyah Tribe, were you? <laughs> no one ever expects no the one, Booyah Tribe. No one ever expects the Booyah Tribe. The Booyah Tribe is like the Spanish Inquisition. That's what they are. <laughs> you know, I just watched from beginning to end for the first time. For the first time from beginning to end, my. Monty Python's The Life of Brian. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's a funny movie. I love The Life of Brian. Always look on the brighter side of life. Always look on yeah. the bright side of life. I'm I'm going to take the easy route and she mentioned it in her in 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 her letter, Sherry. Orange Juice Jones is that's the most um, you know, talking about how did this happen? How did this even like Orange Juice Jones in the rain? is amazing and it gets more and more amazing the further we get away from it the thing about that song is that it's not that he does the monologue in the song right well is that the, 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 monologue, the monologue is the song becomes the song right it like it it you keep waiting for like the hook to come back in but no he's still talking also i understand we're supposed to be mad at the unnamed girlfriend but he was going to murder her and this dude in broad daylight in the street. Right. That $3,700 Lynx coat saved her life. You're right. You're absolutely right. We got another email from Monique Granby. Hey, Monique. That's another name I'm going to like saying. All right. Monique Granby. You can write whenever you want, Monique. <laughs> 
She has a movie suggestion for us, Vince. Okay. Proud Mary. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Did she say why? Well, well, let's see. Hi, it's your new fan again. Thank you for responding to my two cents email. You guys are no joke. You really do read your emails. (laughs) Well, imagine how she's going to feel now. (laughs) Especially with me giving her the invitation to write whenever she wants. Right, right, right. I was wondering if you had Proud Mary on your list. I'm intrigued to find out your thoughts on this film. I'm a huge Taraji B. Henson fan since Hustle and Flow. I was so excited when Proud Mary came out because I've been starred for another strong, badass, black female-driven story since Jackie Brown. I just knew that my Taraji was going to tear this role Mm, apart. I hear a butt coming. Then came the reviews. But I was not deterred. I missed it in the theaters, so I (laughs) bought it when it came out. Damn, I want my fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. The best scene was the opening scene. What's with the kid? I don't know why Hollywood is so afraid that third rail and just so a strong black female purely without tools to soften her. To me, it felt like Mammy Light, always oh, their no. protector. The story would have been more compelling if they showed Taraji's character overcoming her situation in her own right. Like in Jackie Brown, in which Jackie used her wit to play both sides to realize freedom from her circumstance. Or more risky and compelling would have been to show her balls to the walls ruthless. Still haven't seen that story. I'm all, I almost turned it off during the third act when they played the entire Proud Mary song <laughs> as she shot up the warehouse. There were other scenes, but that one really cheapened her character and was borderline cheese. <sighs> Taraji is still my girl, but damn, that yeah. was the worst. Yeah. Did you see Proud Mary? I, I did see Proud Mary. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. It's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. I, I do remember during that final scene, I leaned over and said to my wife, they paid all those, they paid all that money to uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival mm-hmm. to use this. We gonna use this whole song. That's right. So, you know what? They they probably wrote it into their contract. Like, they gotta play the whole song. Gotta play the entire song from beginning to end. Gotta play the entire song. Gotta make it work. Well, we'll get to Proud Mary eventually. We will that, eventually. That may be, that may be uh, a, um, a highlight of a. May I have another? Oh Mary. no! Yeah, it's really. Oh no! We're gonna put Taraji and May Academy Award nominated actress Taraji P Henson and May I have another May? We may have to. Oh, well, look, right. we already did acrimony. I know. Oh yeah. So. Right, right. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. But I'm going to put you on the spot. All right. Because um, Monique, or since we're friends now, she says we can call her Mo. Does she actually say that? She actually says that. Oh, okay. Excellent. We, we, me and Mo. I, I see y'all go way back. Me and Mo. You know, <laughs> yo, that's my girl. What up, Mo? Yeah. So anyway, Mo asked about a movie with a badass black woman like I, I'm assuming, if not the lead, at least co-lead. Sure. You know, since Jackie Brown. Since Jackie Brown. Right. Which Jackie Brown is what? 2000, early 2000s. Yeah, right? early 2000s. Yeah, it's been a minute. So I was actually really quick trying, like there's gotta be another one. Does Black Panther count? 
Well, there's definitely are some badass black women in there. But yeah. You, but they're not the lead. I mean, they're, they're not... decidedly not. Don't get me wrong. You come out of both, come out of that movie, yeah. and that's who you're talking about. Okay. Um. But they're not the lead. I don't think that would be fair. Mm-mm. And I, I don't think, and I don't think it's fair to call either of them the co-lead. Um, Sanaa Lathan in Ooh, uh, Alien versus Predator. Like she was, I don't know if that was the first Alien versus Predator. That was, it was or, the first. Or, alien yeah, so Sanaa Lathan starred in that. Now you didn't say it had to be good. True. So <laughs> true. That's very true. So you know, you had Sanaa Lathan in that. I was thinking about. Um, Zoe Saldana. Oh, in 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 Colombiana. In Colombiana. Or even in The Losers. Yeah, but she's certainly not the I mean she's oh right, right, right. right. Yeah, Colombiana. Yeah. Yeah. Like Losers is definitely an ensemble. Right, right. Type of thing. Or but okay. 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 Here you go, Mo. Here you go, Mo. Widows. Boom shakalaka. There you go. Yes. There you go, Widows. Go see Widows. Go see Widows. That's, a, that's your jam. It's my jam. Now, I'm going to tell you, Mo, Widows is a slow burn, as Steve Tozen um, discovered. It is definitely a slow burn. And as he wrote on our Facebook fan, uh, fan group, he said a lot of people are talking about Widows and about the slow pacing. I happen to be a fan of that. It's in those silent moments where you get to see a character's face or an object uh, like a needle of a photograph uh, uh, of a phonograph up close. And it adds to the beauty of the film. Um, uh, I I agree. But this film does feature some very strong characters. Okay. Um, None less than Viola Davis in the lead. Uh, so I would go see, I would go definitely go check out Widows. Um, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's got some good stuff in there. All right. Right there. You know, um, you still haven't seen Widows, have you? Still have not seen Widows. I really, cause I really want to, I I want to talk know, to you about it. I man. know it's, it's date, the dates, the date nights. See the, see, here's the problem. The genre stuff I'm always going to see. Right, because I'm either going to go by myself if it's you know R-rated, and if it's PG at this point, my daughter is my road dog. Okay, like we go see like like you know we're amped for Godzilla now. Mm. But the movie movies turn into a you know that's a date right. with my wife, right? Which means now there's childcare and and you know it's at night and so it's 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 hard to put together like we are. God willing, in the Crick Don't Rise, going to see Creed two this week. Really? Yeah, like we haven't right. So I'm going. To, I'm I'm trying to get to it. It's just hard. I hear you. Yeah. Now you say you and your daughter are going. You're excited for Godzilla, isn't? I would imagine Godzilla. Well, that's probably going to be PG thirteen. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But she's older than thir- She's fourteen. Yeah. Right? She'll be fourteen in January. All right. So so you'll you'll be good. You and your daughter. Uh, speaking of which. Uh, had a fun movie weekend, but b- before we get to that, you and your wife, yes, did go to the movies. We did. You saw. Uh, you've been begging for it, so you were able to go see an early uh, screening. We, we, we did. We did. If Beale Street if could Beale talk, Beale Street could talk. We sure did. With Regina King. With oh my god! And this is uh, the Barry Jenkins. Is Barry Jenkins' third film mm-hmm. um, adaptation of the James Baldwin 
novel, and it is magnificent. Isn't Brian Tyree Henry in Brian it? Brian Tyree Henry is in it. Um, you know what? This is worth. This is actually worth pulling up because the the cast is 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 stellar. Yeah, I heard like, it. like the cast is stellar. Like even in like the smallest roles. It, I was about like, to say because um because um Brian Tyree Henry is only in one scene. Right. Yeah, he's only in one scene. So but um it stars Kiki Lane mm-hmm. as Tish and and I want to say is this her first film? She was in something called Veracity into oh right so she's she's a really young actress. She's amazing. Yeah. She is amazing. So it stars you know, she's as to Stephen James mm-hmm. as Fonny, who's amazing. Um, Regina King, we just talked about. Coleman Domingo. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coleman Domingo. This damn Coleman Domingo <laughs> steals the film. Does he really? Coleman Domingo has scenes where he gave me the chills. He's oh. so good. Uh, our girl, Tiana Parrish, mm-hmm. this is yet another film that made me sort of want to go out to Hollywood and strangle Hollywood with my bare hands. Yes. To give her something. Yes. She's another one. She's in it, you know, two or three scenes, and, and she's magnificent. Michael Beach, we were just talking about Michael Beach. Yes, you Beach were. Yes, last you week. Were. Amazing. I know I'm going to mispronounce her name. Ajene Ellis. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. One scene burns the thing down. And and it is just it is just it 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 is it is just this heartbreakingly beautiful and beautifully heartbreaking film. You know? Like like it's a type of film where where now we have three films from Barry Jenkins, and I think what he's just really concerned with is is the fragility of black love mm-hmm. and 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 how there are so many forces working against it mm-hmm. you know whether we're talking about medicine for melancholy just you know social definitions of blackness and 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 the circles that you travel in based on and then you have these two people that find each other for a day right you know, you have moonlight and everything in moonlight where the, these gay men, but which is hard enough mm-hmm. just being a gay man, but they're black and they're poor. Right. Which now they have to deal with that. And then you have if Beale Street could talk, which is set in the early 70s. But frankly, it it could be now. It's It's just it's just it's so hard to have these relationships without the world tearing you apart. So because you have them, because they're so fragile, that kind of makes them almost sacred Mm -hmm. so that when you watch this thing unfold, it's, it's just, it's just amazing. And, and, you know, every time Barry Jenkins comes up, I'm going to keep quoting Omar. Omar said something that stuck, Omar Dorsey says something that has stuck with me since we talked about it, that Barry Jenkins is a director that breathes. And it is, it's, it's, it, there's a stillness mm-hmm. about this film from scene to scene. 
and 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 the script so because because I'm actually rereading if Beale Street could talk now. Give people the thirty second pitch on the story. Tish is nineteen. Fonzie is Fon. Uh, Fonzie Fon, is twenty two. They are in a relationship. Tish has just found out that she's pregnant, and she the the first scene or the first moment of the film and the book she has to tell. Fani that she's pregnant, but Fani has been arrested for a crime he didn't commit. Right. And the whole film is about trying to get him out of prison before the baby is born. Right. And then you see their relationship and you see their parents and you see their community and everything about it. And again, it's it's set in, I think, 1972. Mm-hmm. But this could have been made. This is a story that is relevant at this exact moment as I'm talking into this microphone. And you you see parenthood and and kids like like you know, I was talking about um Coleman Domingo. Coleman Domingo plays Mr. Rivers, who is Tish's father. Mm-hmm. And there is a scene between he and Michael Beach, who plays Fonny's father, where they are doing black father stuff. And again, it gave me chills. Like hearing these men talk about being fathers and what they have to do for their children and with all the challenges facing them. Because, you know, they're basically poor black men mm-hmm. with these children. And how are we going to do this? Regina King. It, 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 I don't even know what to say about Regina King at this point. There, there are scenes throughout the film, Regina King, because she plays... Tish's mother. Right. There's a scene with Regina King that is just silent. And it's her in a mirror. But it like it it's it's all there. Mm-hmm. And it's just this beautiful film. It's just this beautiful film. It's funny. We're we're doing um Hollywood Shuffle this evening and when you read about Hollywood Shuffle not to jump ahead but part of the reason that that um Robert Townsend and Keenan Ivory Wayans wrote this film is they were lamenting the lack of roles for you know black actors and I like I wish I had a time machine mm-hmm. to go back to 85 when they started writing it and say look it's not as good as it should be at all but this is the kind of work that is being made. Mm-hmm. So I can't like I, I cannot say enough about this film. Like it, absolutely go see it. I don't know how it's going to be received, but you know, I said the same thing about Moonlight. Yeah. So yeah. So yes, we enjoyed it thoroughly. Really? Thoroughly. I'm looking forward to checking it oh, out. Oh, please, please do. I'm definitely looking forward. Like I said, it's beautifully it heartbreaking, mm-hmm. but it's heartbreakingly beautiful. Um, it's funny you talking about, you know, the lament of roles for black people that Hollywood Shuffle is a commentary, direct commentary on. Um, I juxtapose that against a clip that someone posted on our Facebook group mm-hmm. of a conversation. Um, apparently, Variety has some kind of like video YouTube series, something they do, like actors on actors. Mm-hmm. And it's a conversation between um, Mahershala Ali and um, 
and I'm drawing a blank on on Denzel Washington's sons. Uh, oh, John David. Right, John, John David. John Washington. David Washington. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's 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 a clip of a conversation that two of them have. They're basically talking to each other about right. being actors, and Mahershala is talking about him getting the role in season three of True Detective. Yeah. On HBO. Looking forward to that. And he talks about how he got the script, read it, and like the story, without giving a whole lot away, is set in the uh, I've set believe it's set in the in the eighties. Um, but it's basically about these two um, two uh, 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 what are they called now? I just drawn a blank on it. Um, State police, two two state policemen who have to deal with a crime. And Mahershala was going to be, and it was a a white guy and a black guy, and a a white guy was the lead. And Mahershala was going to be cast as a black guy. I mean, the co-leads kind of, but you know, there's one guy that's running point. And Mahershala was going to be the black guy. And in reading the script, and he loved the script, Mm -hmm. but he thought that, that having that, the point person on the, on the investigation be basically the same character would be a black man right would add another level of unspoken nuance to the movie or to the series that would just make it resonate that much more with today's audience right and he spoke of reaching out to the writer mm-hmm and them having a conversation, the writer going away for a couple of days, right? coming back and saying, you know, you're right. And them just basically rewriting that to so that the lead would be the black person and then Mershala would be then cast in that role. And Now, I'm wondering, like, when they were having the conversation, did Mershala Ali hit him in the head with, with his, his Oscar? Oscar, like, every couple of minutes? Well, he, well you know, I they just, got Mershala. You didn't have to. Just, just hit him in the head with the Oscar. I, but I but I juxtapose to that, you know, like, I'm sure, you know, while Robert Townsend and Keenan Ivory Wayans and writing Hollywood Shuffle were lamenting the lack of roles for black actors right. of, of substance right. in Hollywood, they were just looking for the role, period. Right. Never imagining that they would actually be in a position of power enough to say, hey... I like this. How about tweaking this a little bit? What are your thoughts on that? And then seeing that actually happen. Right. You know what I right. mean? So um, I thought that was really cool. And then also listening to him say that and listening, you know, knowing that he is an Academy Award winning a- actor now. Yes, sir. Ali, who has very smartly handled the projects that have come in the wake of receiving his Oscar. Right. You know, with Green Room and now True Detective. Green Book. Green Book. Right. Green Book and, and True Detective. And he actually has a, a voice role in yes, another movie yes, that that's we're about right. to talk about. That's, yes, right. Um, and thinking about that, and then juxtaposing that against Cuba Gooding Jr. When he won the Oscar. Right. For um, what was it? Uh, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. And, and well, obviously somebody showed him the money because what did he follow that up with? Snow dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? 
God knows I am not going to sit here and defend Cuba Gooding Jr. that much. But Cuba Gooding Jr. is not the first or fifth black actor who has won an Academy Award that found themselves boxed in in, um, let's say, disappointing post-Oscar fare. There's boxed in, and then there's snow dogs. No, 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 I hear you, I hear you, but, you know, I'm a fan of Enemy Mine. But Louis Gossett Jr. won an Oscar for an Oscar and a Gentleman, and then his next film, they put his entire body in um, makeup, and he was a lizard man. So, but that's a good movie. I do like Enemy Mine. It's a good, you know, pulpy science fiction movie. Yeah, but Louis Gossett and 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 James Caan. It's not James Caan. It's, it's, it's Dennis it Quaid. Oh, Dennis Quaid. Dennis yeah. Quaid. I'm sorry. It, it's it's a good pulpy movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. Snow Dogs. Snow Dogs, yeah. It's something totally different. Like, there's... I can't really defend Snow Dogs. The script for Snow Dogs hits the table. Right. I'm not opening it. And then I think after Snow Dogs, he did... Like, when does radio come? (laughs) (laughs) But this isn't Bash on Cuba. No, not at all. But, brother, you made Snow Dogs and radio. Is Snow Dogs a black film? <laughs> um, you know what is hilarious? Either my daughter or my nephew, like somebody young enough that they can be passionate about Snow Dogs, but close enough to me that I have to actually listen to them blather on about it. Mm-hmm. Like someone very closely related to me loves the Snow Dog saga. Yeah. Because I think it's been like two or three of them. I believe so. Yes. And I've been in a car where either my daughter or, again, my niece or nephew talked about Snow Dogs for like a half hour. Yeah. I I have been at a party where my, my nephew has lamented that, oh, my God, I can never look at Ghost Dad again. <laughs> That's tainted forever. (laughs) Wherefore art thou, ghost dad? Why must ghost dad be dragged into this? Ghost dad didn't drug anyone. (laughs) Drug my nephew. Uh, (laughs) My nephew watched it on repeat. Oh, hey, man, look. (laughs) Everybody got their something. Everybody does have their something. The Christmas has this something, ladies and gentlemen. Christmas time has its something. And that is, in my estimation, hands down, what should be the Oscar winner for the best animated movie of the year. Mm. Because and what is that? Myself and Vince, along yes. with his daughter, on Sunday, went to see a uh, early screening of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Man, <laughs> let me tell you, man, the fun, the fun begins. I lied to you not right when the movie comes on. I don't mean the first scene of the movie. I mean, when the house lights go down and the Columbia uh, woman comes up in all her Annette Benningness, And right from there, the fun begins because 
the whole visual style and language of this film just like bleeds into all of the credits. This film is just an a orgasm for the eye of visual excitement, uh, electricity, action, and it is so so smartly written mm. that it it it. it while it's jam-packed with, you know, the, the new Spider-Man, Miles Morales, without hitting you over the head, embracing his biracialness right from the door. Um, and it's jam-packed with other act, other characters. You got not one, but two other Spider-Men in this movie. You got Spider-Gwen. You got Spider-Noir. You've got Peter Porker Spider-Ham. You've got <laughs> Kingpin. You've got Doc Ock, as you've never seen Doc Ock before. Trust me on this. And even with all of that, the movie is still so smartly paced that it doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't feel that it's overstuffed. And you, ne- you never lose the sense that Miles Morales is not the central focus of this movie. That doesn't even touch on the animation of it. That doesn't even touch on the brilliant voice acting in here by Shamik Moore, uh, Mahershala Ali, who we also referenced, um, Haley Stansfield. Brian Tyree Henry. Brian Tyree Henry. This man is everywhere yeah what can this man not do I know. because he's in widows too yeah there's nothing this man cannot yeah. do he's he's a beast yo the spider-man into the spider-verse is easily in my top five movies of 2018 it is that good yes absolutely i i think i think i want to see it again to almost dissect it mm-hmm. because i don't understand how they pulled it off like you said, there are so many plot elements that have to be thrown in and explained, and they 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 nail the landing in each story element. Yeah, and there are Easter eggs for comic fans. Oh my God, there are Easter eggs of all sizes, and it has a heart. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a real story there. Yes, there is. You know, there are real stakes here. These are real characters. Yeah. And, you know, visually, it, it draws from, like, I, I love the fact that this is a film that embraces not only the entire history of this character, but the entire history of animation. Where, you you know, there's, there, there's anime influence, there is a, a Disney influence. Mm-hmm. There's Warner Brothers influence. Mm-hmm. There is it, there's graffiti influence. Oh, so yeah. you know there's you know it's informed by hip hop aesthetics and oh, the soundtrack. Oh my god! They use all of this not only for style's sake, but to convey information as well. Yeah, like this really works the way a film does, where because there's so much information. So much of what we learn is shown and not told. That's right. Because you have to learn so much so quickly, and it it works. It's a phenomenal, like you said, the script is phenomenal. Right. Not just for a cartoon, but just as a script. Mm-hmm. The voice acting is fantastic. 
you know, like you said, the soundtrack, it it's it it, it was amazing. It also embraces along with being like it, it also embraces that it is based on a comic book because you never lose sense of that. Yeah. It brings in a lot of the comic book aesthetic smartly into this movie. Oh, yeah. You know, you, know, you think about the first Ang Lee's Hulk, which a lot right. of times would break off into like little panels sometimes in its depiction of the, uh, in its depiction of the, of, of the story, you know, this is not that. No. This is this is this is that on steroids, but done right. Yeah. It it it, it, it embraces it embraces the, it embraces not only that it embraces the the um the four color artwork of comic books because a lot of that is in there in in this film from the from the aesthetics on on the on the skin textures that they do on 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 all of the bodies to the kirby crackle that is everywhere in this film i mean man look man look i love me some incredibles too i thought incredibles 2 was fantastic it ain't got nothing on this movie. I mean, nothing. You know, you don't want to go into hyperbole and like, I've only seen it once. You talking about Incredibles 2. I spent 20 minutes comparing it to Iron Giant and Incredibles. Well, there you go. It's it's that, it's 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 right like, there. Like, I need to see it again. But But this is how I felt the first time I saw Iron Giant and The Incredibles. And I think Iron Giant is the greatest animated film ever made. Oh, I mean, that's me. Oh, oh, all right. So it it, it really is a a spectacular success. Well, yes. And and I only hope that it is. It proves to be a success in the movie theaters. I hope people do run. there. It's getting incredible buzz. It's getting incredible buzz. But it but here's the thing. And I think word of mouth is going to travel. I I think word of mouth is going to it's going to it's going to make it work. Um. I think the fact that it is a superhero movie, an animated movie that's going to bring the kids out, that's going to bring the and they're going to bring their parents, um, and you know the superhero the geeks are going to go check it out. What bothers me about the, what, what worries me about this is that it only opens a week before Aquaman. <laughs> now I'm not expecting a whole lot about from from Aquaman. I really am not. This is me laughing. <laughs> I'm not. I don't think it has anything to worry about with Aquaman. I don't think so either. <laughs> However, there is relatively good buzz on Aquaman so far. Aquaman needs to be worried about Spider-Man, frankly. Well, I hope so. I hope so. I'm going to be checking out Aquaman this Monday. So yes. I'll gi- I will give you a report on Tuesday. Yes. To let you know whether or not Spider-Man has anything to worry about. Okay. Okay. We shall see. I mean, hopefully both of them do very well. I hope they both do well, but yeah. I and and I'm a lifelong DC man, right, right. But you know, Spider Man, Spider Man, Spider Man into the Spider Verse is a black film. I wanted to do better, it, it, and it, I suspect it's going to be a better film. Oh, I know it's going to be a better film. So you know, I just wanted to be do better. Box right, office wise, right, right. I do. I wanted. I wanted to just smack the hell out of Aquaman. So you heard it here first, though. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a black film. Yeah. So that means that we get to review it. Oh yes. 
Very nice. Oh, yes. We don't we don't get too many too much animated fare. I mean, we, we, last thing we had was Baby's Kids. Pretty much. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I was actually like in my head saying like, was Lilo and Stitch? You know, but no. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> right. That doesn't really count. <laughs> Not at all. Here we got the princess, the frog princess, the princess and the frog coming up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot all about that. You know, I've never seen that movie. I mean, it's got a Nika Noni Rose in it. So I've heard. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> well, that ate up all of our time. So uh, <laughs> but, it, but it was it was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Let's get on up with our review of Hollywood Shuffle. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Hi, my name is Robert Townsend, and it's hard to make a movie in Hollywood, but I did with the help of a few friends and a few credit cards. What's the line? I ain't be got no weapons. <clears throat> I ain't be got no weapons. My film's about making it as an actor in Hollywood. The only role they gonna let us do is a slave, a butler, or some street hood or something. Don't sell out, brother. Oh, promised land. Minnesota? But the real trick is finding a juicy role when the odds are against you. Good luck, brother. <laughs> what we're looking for is an Eddie Murphy type. What is happening with your cool vines? Thank you. Thank you. That's You're the worst actor I've ever seen in my life. Then they said I wasn't black enough for the part. Ricky, can you tell us what you've been doing since you've graduated? Well, Robert, I've played nine crooks, four gang leaders, two dope dealers. I played a rapist twice. Whoa. That was fun. They'll never play the Rambos until they stop playing the Sambo. Yeah! I, I just want to be me. I, I don't want to be Eddie Murphy. He's the one we want! I just want to... Just... <laughs> Hollywood Shuffle. Now that was a good movie! I love this movie. It was genius. Go see it today, please. Because I got to pay off these credit cards. Tell your friends about it. Lots of friends. Your cousins, hey, your aunts, your uncles. Cool. Maybe your ex-wife. Take a bum to the movies. Go see Hollywood Shuffle today, please. In 1985, a year after having a small but significant role in A Soldier's Story, Robert Townsend lamented to his agent that he wished that he could make more films like that and his agent reminded him that he needed to be happy that he even had a role in a soldier's story which did not come along that often saddened by the lack of quality films for black actors robert townsend and his friend keenan ivory rain wayans wrote the script to hollywood shuffle written by them, produced by them, directed by Robert Townsend. Hollywood Shuffle is uh, is the story about an aspiring actor and hot dog stand employee, Bobby Taylor, played by Robert Townsend, who catches the ire of his grandmother, played by this episode's featured actress, 
Helen Martin for auditioning for a role in the regrettably titled exploitation film Jive Time Jimmy's Revenge. When Tinseltown Studios cast Taylor in the title role, he has a series of conflicted dreams satirizing African-American stereotypes in Hollywood and must reconcile his career goals with his desire to remain a positive film role model for his little brother. Besides Robert Townsend and Helen Martin, Keenan Ivory Wayans plays a significant role in here, as well as Anne-Marie Johnson, 1987's Hollywood Shuffle, was the choice of Lynn Webb. This was a very impressive uh, introduction, if you will, to Mr. Robert Townsend. Like you said, he had, you know, the small role in um, The Soldier's Story, and, you know, for what it was, he, he was okay. But this was an introduction into the mindset of this man, into what this man was about. And as an introduc- introductions go, it's fairly impressive. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a tight little film that offers him and his friends, you know, in, in the cast, the opportunities to have fun with their situation that they find themselves in Hollywood, which is basically not having any roles, which is definitely a real thing in Hollywood at that time. Uh, it is not not missed on me that, you know, as much fun as you make of me of my recent, you know, two-month-long binge of Hill Street Blues. <laughs> But it's not lost on me, and it wasn't lost on me as I was rewatching this show, that for all of the actors that show up in that, on that television sh- series over its seven years, a lot of the African-American actors are in roles of, you know, pimps, gang leaders, or, you know, some, somebody just barely surviving in, in the hood, you know, shucking and jiving, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had they would have for the run of the show two lead actors who were who were black you know Michael Warren and uh, Tareen Black but never have a significant black woman mm-hmm. in 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 a lead role and when they would come on for a couple of roles they usually were killed off mm. um and that and and that hit me as I was watching it because you know watching that I'm seeing wow this is the roles for the black actors at that day. And I think I always knew that, but just to have that reminded to you, it's like, wow. Um, So that's why something like Hollywood Shuffle is kind of uh, refreshing to see somebody kind of like, you know, like tell that story and have fun with it, satirize it, Mm -hmm. if if you will. And Robert Townsend, you can tell he is having fun satirizing it, you know, especially with a lot of the, you know, like the vignettes and dreams that he has in there. Some of them work, some of them, you know, like, or whatever, you know, some of the best, you know, the black acting school just like, like leaps off the page when Mm -hmm. you, when you see it, especially because it starts as a send up as blacks in the roles that they can only get. Uh, of slaves Mm -hmm. Um, then there's a short little commentary on the black man you know uh, running away with the white woman (laughs) 
in in there as well before it totally breaks face and it's like oh hi i'm robert taylor and you're in the black acting school uh and which what it was it was funny it was it was real real funny um there's just there's a lot of heart to this there's a lot of earnest earnestness Mm -hmm. to this which is a word that we have used Mm -hmm. with robert townsend in regards to most of his films that we have reviewed before and it is all right here at the birthplace of the robert townsend you know filmography truly oh yeah with hollywood shuffle all of his earnestness all of his um his anxieties, his foibles, his tics, his, his, his uh, are, are laid there right for each and every one to see. And he smartly surrounds himself with strong supporting actors. You know, Anne-Marie Johnson, someone who, cho- who showed up in this time, solid performer on television, solid performer when she was... Got to do movie roles. Mm-hmm. Keenan Ivory Wayans. This is kind of like our introduction to him. Yeah, absolutely. But you can you can see in him there is definitely a presence. Mm-hmm. You know that that comes off comes off the screen. Uh, and then of course we have the person that we are also highlighting today, Helen Martin. Yeah, who plays his his grandmother, who actually doesn't do a lot in this film. Right. To be fair. Um, and even the the character, because she basically, you know, at this time in her, her life, she would pretty much go on to play the older woman, elderly woman, or grandmother right. in a lot of the things that she, roles that she would have, especially on television. Um, but in this in this film she's not even really asked to do what she later gets famous for you know like acerbic comments right 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 right. she is more she definitely is just playing like the the i guess the wise grandmother yeah yeah even though you don't show her like imparting a whole lot of wisdom right you know outside of you know Famously, she's the one that first drops the line. That's right. There's always work. It's always work at the post office. At the post office. But nonetheless, she is the one who shows her disapproval of Robert Townsend character, Bobby, you know, even going out for these stereotypical roles. Yeah. You know, she's like, okay, you want to be an actor. That's fine. Be an actor. But go out there and, and, Try and do something worth your talent. Yeah. Worth acting, you know? Like, there there comes a time when you've got to put food on the table, and there comes a time where you gotta put, you gotta feed your soul. Right. And how you juxtapose the two is where your career will go. Right. So what you get from here, from this, in this sense, is that Bobby. The character is, yes, there are only these roles out there for black actors in Hollywood. Right. Hollywood is only going to let you play Sambo. They ain't going to play you Rambo. Yes. As Paul Mooney. As Paul Mooney says, yes. Points out in this film. Her, but what she tells him and what you see a little bit in that, that, uh, 
Hollywood sphere, even of that time, is that, okay, you may have to put food on your table, so you may have to play this drug dealer. But this that doesn't mean that you can't still go play that drug dealer for a couple of days, make those dollars, and then go spend a couple of weeks working on a stage. Right. You know? Um, or really, creating your own project. Creating your own project or working on a stage. Maybe you've got to do, like, you know, a couple of commercials. Hey, that's acting, too. Those yeah. are residuals, too, mm-hmm. that keep on coming in. You know what I mean? Um, and I, th- I, I think that it's kind of... I don't know if Robert Townsend plans this, but I think it's actually kind of cool for that sentimentality to be coming from Helen Martin in this movie. Because Helen Martin at this time is definitely a seasoned actress. Yeah. She never got like a big turn and everything. It's not she doesn't have a huge filmography. She doesn't even really have a huge huge TV filmography TV filmography either. Yeah. That she had Significant supporting roles on Good Times in the 70s and 227 in the 80s, 90s. Right. But in between that, she just did a lot of like, you know. She showed up. She just showed up. Yeah. Like, like we said, she was one of those actors. Yeah. But this is a woman that actually played her dues. She was actually one of the originals of the American Negro Theater. That's right. She That's made right. her bones in Broadway back in the days in the 40s and 50s mm-hmm. where where those roles were few and far between. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And even then she would steadfastly stand against just playing the maid or the girlfriend roles. You right. know what I mean? She she always always aspired to do more. You know, every once in a while like you say you got to put you, you got to you got to put some milk in the, in the refrigerator, but she was always still doing something else, still trying to do something else. It was actually interesting that in doing a Google search, there's actually a a story uh, a, a short little interview that ran with her where she talks about, you know, one of the things that she made it a mission of hers in Hollywood was to talk to a lot of the black actresses that That's were coming right. up in her wake, you know, for not falling for the horizontal audition. Right. You know, um, telling them that that is the quickest way to, to get it trapped and like, you know, and make the wrong name for yourself. Right. You know, so I actually thought having never known that aspect of, of her career, mm-hmm. it just made her just uh, just made me warm to her even that much more yeah as opposed to just like you know oh my god it's Helen Martin I love seeing her right in this stuff because I always know it's going to be good stuff right I always know when I see her I'm going to get a laugh right you know and she's one of those people that can give you a laugh just from the look on her face yeah you know um not because her face is funny looking just because she's got great comedic timing yeah so I actually thought that that was kind of smart in this movie and the movie itself, you know, the story of the movie is is you know it's now Hollywood legend. Oh yeah, the movie was made for a hundred thousand dollar budget, of sixty thousand of which was on Robert Townsend's credit cards. Yeah, you know, um, there's actually in the trailer he sp- he spoke of like, yo, please go see this film so I can pay back these these credit cards. As you see people walking out of his house with the television, yeah. and stuff like that. So um, it, it, that's the famous story of this movie, and the movie would go on to gross five million dollars. So yeah, oh yeah, he paid off the bills. Um, so there's. 
so there is a lot to like in the a lot to like in this movie. And yes, I am setting up a little bit of the butt. Sure, sure. Because it, the butt of it is is that as good as this movie is, and as celebrated as it was at the time, even for the time, to me, mm-hmm. there is still a little safeness to this movie. Oh, that's interesting. Like I like. I guess maybe it's for me is because I like my when something is being satirized, I like them to just like just go for the jugular. Sure, sure. And I I don't know if he ever necessarily goes for the jugular, or if he does, I don't know if he ever, you know, I think he maybe nicks the jugular. Mm-hmm. I don't think he really just gets in there. Um, and there is. A level of corn to Robert Townsend, mm-hmm. his shtick, yeah, and his writing that to me doesn't hold up over repeat watching, right? And doesn't really, it doesn't land with me as right. much as it like like the scene where he plays Sam Ace, like right. this detective, mm-hmm. this which is a a longer drawn out piece right right which i actually enjoy yeah, I, yeah. I, I actually enjoy the aesthetic of it him doing it black and white and even then it's like a grainy black and white and right. stuff like that but there's a part of there's a part of me that i would be very interested in, in finding out who wrote what there it is in this script there it is because you know the script was you know robert townsend keenan ivory wayne and the comedian dom herrera mm-hmm. who has a role in this movie yeah. as, a, as a director he has an uncredited he's uncredited as a writer on this as well and there is something about that sam ace piece something about the the pacing of it and how some of the jokes play out some of the, and especially some of the more visual jokes. I'm, I'm speaking specifically about Keenan Ivory Wayans and his unact, unactivating activator. Yes, um, which is a, a great, you know, sight gag. Um, there's something about the way that that writes out that, that that piece plays out that doesn't read to me as Robert Townsend. Okay, it reads to me as. Possibly Keenan Ivory, or maybe with a touch of Dom. Sure, sure. There's a, there's a a, maybe a little bit more sophistication in there. Okay. That I don't find in a lot of the other ones. The Black Actors School has some aspects of it as well. Yeah. But then some of the other ones, like, really don't like the whole. The the black guys reviewing the movies that's yeah. supposed to be us. Yeah, they first of all they ain't. No, us. yes, no, 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 they are not us. They ain't us. And if it was us, we'd have been funny. Yeah, <laughs> because that part just really like slowed this movie down. Right. It and it really slowed it down. And uh, I for that, but don't get me wrong. I like the movie. Yeah. It just doesn't land as hard especially considering a lot of the movies that will follow in its wake you know fear of a black hat you know i'm gonna get you sucker cb4 some of the movies that follow in its wake you know this just it just doesn't have 
the same bite. Well, I mean, first of all, I was obsessed with this film. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with two films when, when it I, came out. When mean? this came out, when I was like 18, 19 years, I was obsessed with this, and I was obsessed with School Days. Mm-hmm. And I watched both films over and over and over and over and over again. And I think Robert Townsend and Spike Lee are two good poles when we talk about black filmmaking at this time. Fair enough. Yeah. And then we talk about Spike Lee and, you know, like you said, talking about Hollywood legend at this point, myth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a similar story about Spike Lee. That's true. With, right. with She's Gotta Have It. But I think the thing about Spike Lee is that regardless of of the sort of mythology of Spike Lee and he's just Spike Lee had an MFA in filmmaking mm-hmm. from NYU. Yeah. Spike Lee's father was a, a musician who helped of, him of, of great note. Of great note, who helped him with the score and helped him, you know, Spike Lee had gone to Morehouse, so he had all of these connections with these actors mm-hmm. like Samuel Jackson, like Roger Gouverneur Smith, like Bill when, Nunn. Like Bill like well, I'm I'm even just talking about school days. Oh, okay, right. Like right, when right. you look at some of the actors who are in school days. You know they're not famous. Mm-hmm. They're hungry, obviously, but this is a this is a, a a creator working with some um with some tools that Robert Townsend didn't have. Right. So that when Robert Townsend makes Hollywood Shuffle, I agree with you. I think there's a messiness about it. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't go to film school. He and Keenan Ivory Wayans actually met in an improv class. Mm-hmm. So these are like, it really is this DIYness to it. Mm-hmm. And I agree that it is a mixed bag. I think the, the direction that I go with who wrote what, I do think that there is an anger to a lot of this. Like I think for, for the black acting school and it's funny, but there's a real anger oh, yeah. in there. Yeah. And based on the rest of his work, I don't get anger from Robert Townsend. Right. So I feel like that's Keenan Ivory Wayne. Right. 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 I could agree. The whole batty boy thing where there there's this there's this you know, this send up of the ridiculous black person mm-hmm. in in a sitcom during the 80s and you know clearly they're talking about Mr. T and 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 you know different strokes and and Webster and all of this sort of ridiculous send up of black humanity that you saw in the 80s so that again it's absurd but there's this real anger underneath it Mm-hmm. So I've always attributed that to Keenan Ivory Wayans can, because yeah. when you know when you look at even I'm going to get you sucker and certainly in Living Color, mm-hmm. there's real anger there. Yeah, I think the earnest part of it makes you want to pull for this film. Mm-hmm. You you know I think you like want to root for him. You want to root for Robert Towns and you want to root for Bobby Taylor in this film and. I think that's part of the reason that the Helen Martin character, you know, again, she plays his grandmother. You, you kind of have this almost, this almost subdued performance from her Mm -hmm. because 
the character doesn't yell at him. You know, the character doesn't really get angry at him because you like him so much and you know, he's, he's doing the best. The skits, uh, you, you know, I, I would say, you, you know, you, you would want to go towards Keenan Ivory Wayans, but Robert Townsend actually had a series of specials like Robert Townsend in his, Oh, I just had it up on HBO. Did you ever watch? Oh the, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, where yeah, they did yeah. skits and Keenan Ivory Wayans, was with him, Robert Townsend, his partners in crime. Right. There were like three or four of them on HBO, and they were these skits, and it was almost this proto in living color. Mm-hmm. So I think all of that is there. And again, they met in improv. So I do think there is an improvisational element to it. Anne-Marie Johnson, like Anne-Marie Johnson, she doesn't have a whole lot to do. She's no. pretty much the 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 love interest. Yeah. I think the... um. The, the the jive talking Siskel and Ebert characters were is kind of low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, what if what if some ghetto guys kind of looked at movies? But even that, I think there's something there where the subtext is all of these critics. Part of what draws them to films is when they see themselves in it. So that you know, when they liked the pimp movie at the end, you know, the like they they agreed on the on the zombie pimp film. Mm-hmm. Part of what they said is, you know, he looks like a guy that lives near me, right? And the the converse is a lot of these films that are that are sort of critically acclaimed. I, I think it's worth saying part of the reason that they are critically acclaimed is because most of the critics see themselves in these films. So that is always okay. part of it. So I thought it was a little hanging fruit. You know, there's some really kind of juvenile locker room homophobic jokes and language that that has not held up well at all and frankly stopped holding up well very quickly, mm-hmm. you know, even in 87. But overall, I do like this film. I think you're right. I think this film serves as as again almost proto matter than something that you look at for itself you you really look at what it led to right it, it's funny I, there was an article in vanity fair last year when get out came out and the author connected get out with hollywood shuffle oh really and the connection was again you, you know things are ob- well not i mean i think obviously much better now Mm-hmm. for black actors but it's still not where it's supposed to be and more often than not when you have these really interesting projects black creators have to write them themselves and put the package together themselves much like get out was jordan peele's project mm-hmm. and and the connection was there's still this aspect of black film where if if you want it done, you have to do it yourself. And so that, again, even more so than my beloved Spike Lee, who, who you know, had this training, right. had all of these tools that he brought with him, regardless of how much money he didn't have. 
you know, you had these two brothers who met in an improv class and, 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 you know, Robert Townsend had, had been in the industry. You, you know, you talked about him. He was in soldier story. He was in, he, he was in your film, Lynn. You, you remember he was in monkey hustle. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't bring up monkey hustle when you talked about Robert Townsend and, and his filmography he was in monkey hustle. I was trying to do the man justice. All jokes aside, he's in your beloved Cooley high. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have to watch it again. He's, he's one of the students Cooley in Cooley high. So he had been around. Mm-hmm. And he knew this stuff. So that for me, the most effective scenes were the scenes about working as a black actor. You you know, you have, yeah. you know, all the white casting directors and the white yeah. writers. And, yeah. and, you know, there's this scene that, that I found a little unsettling where he dreams about them saying we're looking for an Eddie Murphy type. Yeah. And it's almost this nightmare. And and then you know, it cuts back to the casting director and she's chewing gum very loudly and everyone is doing these very hackneyed Eddie Murphy imitations. Mm-hmm. But again, there's there's a real there was a real bite to those scenes for me. Yeah, yeah, and I can see that. And I can see that from all accounts that actually being what you know, what was happening that uh- in Hollywood then because you know you had Eddie Murphy blowing up yeah and everybody wanting to find the next Eddie Murphy we've said it several times on this podcast and them not really understanding what was happening right so we just just give us an Eddie Murphy type yeah and everybody just came in and did their Eddie Murphy bit yeah um it is what it is it's a time capsule of a time of the industry yeah of the time and I'm actually surprised to be to be honest that I thought I re- remember there being more notable faces mm-hmm. in this film, but there actually aren't as many. No, you know, outside. I mean, the only other one that we haven't mentioned is John Witherspoon. John Witherspoon, Winky Dinky Dog, Winky Dinky Dog. Which, when I was 19, the whole Winky Dinky Dog section mm-hmm. was the height. Of comedic genius to me. Yes. And it also appears to have been the height of John Witherspoon's act. <laughs> as he has basically repeated that. I mean, that's his that's his bit. I mean, come on, come that, on. That's his I mean, look, that's his thing. Hey, look, come on, man. That's his thing. But here's the thing. That's his speed. But here's the thing. He would go on to make the John Witherspoon King Lear, which is of course Mr. Bang Bang Bang. Right. Right, right, right. But that, but that's what I'm saying. You got to coordinate. I don't know. I only know John Witherspoon from when I see him show up in these movies. Right. And I just want to, I want to believe, okay, I'll tell you, I want to believe that with John Witherspoon, that there is something else there. Right. To be mined. Well, he acted all throughout the 70s. Like, he pops up everywhere in the 70s. Yeah, but, but when he pops up, he's not doing a whole lot. Not the, not the time. Right, right. No, no, no. He's, he's almost he's like a day just player. Like, you know, a day player yeah. in these things. So, and God bless him. Like, you know, he found something and, and, it's, and it's this thing. He runs with it. But don't you get an opportunity to do something? Because be honest, the only other time in my mind that I can think that John Witherspoon is asked to go a little deeper mm-hmm. if only for just a scene or two mm-hmm. is in Friday. I was about to say it's in Friday. Yeah. When he's asked to actually be an earnest dad. And he's not bad. And he's not bad. Yeah. So I'm like, why does he 
not it's not afforded the opportunity to do I, more. I, look, I think that's where the money is. I understand that's where the money is, and you've got to go where the money is. But although, from what I understand, there's work at the post office. There's always work at the post always office. work at the post office, and not and, and not for nothing. There's always work on television. Yeah, on better time. I'm not talking about you know sure. WBCW stuff. Sure, sure. There's work on television, and and if you, like, I'm thinking of about TBS's The Last OG, which aired like last last year he or would, earlier he this would, year. He would fit really well on there. He would fit really well in there. But yeah. think of how. That show, you know, um, you know, Tracy Morgan is Tracy Morgan, right? He's always going to be Tracy Morgan. Yeah. But even that show gives you a, a, a little glimpse into it. Oh, yeah, he's a good. Tracy oh, Morgan. yeah, absolutely. And it also gives you maybe a, a slight glimpse into a little bit more of Cedric. Cedric. Uh, and, and it's my favorite Tiffany Haddish. Exactly. So, like, on a series that is smartly written. Right. Somebody like John Witherspoon can go on there, do, you know, the last OG's version of Bang, Bang, Bang is coordinated. Right. But then also have another scene or right. two, especially over the course of a season, where he's asked to maybe show a little Or bit hell, more. maybe he just don't want to do that. I know. I know John Witherspoon disappoints you. He does because I know because it's not. I mean, and that comes from love. It does. Like you I love like him, the guy, and you want him to do better. Yes, that's fair. You know, you know who else is like that, and I probably shouldn't bring her up because I can't think of her name. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Tasha Smith, right? You think Tasha Smith can do more than what she does? Yes, Tasha yes. Smith basically has been playing the same right, role right. in everything that's your one you brought her up before yes and because you want more from tasha i want more from tasha smith i i know you know there's more there There has to be more there there must be more so it's like you we we need we need the john witherspoon tasha smith vehicle we need like waiting for godot with tasha smith and And john John witherspoon yes okay yes i'd i'd go watch that oh well i'm done now that's So talking about Hollywood Shuffle, as we focus on Helen Martin, you want to end with an impassioned plea for John Witherspoon to further his range. That's how you want to wrap up the show, Mr. Producer? I have a wish. To see John Witherspoon <laughs> in what what it's his sixties <laughs> show, you know, like 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 I know they're doing August Wilson somewhere. There you go. There's always a role for an old black man <laughs> in always, August Wilson. There's always a role. he can play old black man. Maybe he can do fences. Maybe he can do fences. Slow down. <laughs> You can't just jump right into fences. <laughs> His ass need to play like guitar player number three in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and then work his way up. John Witherspoon, Tasha Smith, <laughs> fences. <laughs> coming to a stage coming in, to in a, Kansas. Coming to a, <laughs> yeah, because they're going to have to work the smaller venue. They're going to have to work shop. Work, right, right, work. Who said I had to like you? Let me tell you something. You better be worried that a man do you right whether or not he like you. Uh, uh, I 
know you did. <laughs> Who was standing there with you the whole time you were standing in place? Because I saw you and I took my dreams and I bought them up and I put them inside me because I thought you were a man I could trust. Sometimes I can go over her house and it's just a place I can just laugh. I can just laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Now this little here baby right here, this baby didn't do nothing to nobody. Okay, all right. Oh my God, I would pay to see. <laughs> I would so pay to see John with a spoon and Tasha Smith with and fences. <laughs> oh, oh, we gotta do that for funny or die or something. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So Hollywood shuffle. So Hollywood shuffle. Would you recommend it? I do recommend it. Mm-hmm. I do recommend it. It's a film um, that people should check out. It's got, like I said, it's got some cute bits in it. Um, hey, it, even at this, it, it it may be one of Robert Townsend's best works. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's 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 fun. I mean, once you finish with the five heartbeats, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm a holiday heart man, but yeah. this is not better than holiday. I mean, this is better than holiday better heart. Than yeah. Holiday. Way better than holiday, yeah. holiday art, you know. And um, I don't know this meteor man. I don't know, but no, this is a this is this is the apex. Quietly, like quietly, like now that we've you've backed me into a corner, and I'm gonna have to say it. I have a soft spot for Baps. You know what? I got a soft spot for Baps. Too. I have a soft spot for that. Funny Haley Berry. I have it, a soft yeah. spot for it's it's a it's a silly movie. It's a silly movie, but it, but it kind of works. And I think he said that this is the film she made right after her divorce mm-hmm. from David Justice. Yeah, and she just wanted to, and she just wanted to, to cut up. Yeah, and I like I actually like Funny Halle Berry. So yeah, this is better than Baps, though. Let's be clear: Hollywood Shuffle is better than Baps. Why are you pausing? <laughs> Hollywood Shuffle is definitely better than Baps. But I do have a soft spot for Baps. Would you recommend Hollywood absolutely. Shuffle? Absolutely. I would absolutely recommend Hollywood Shuffle. Like I said, there there is some troubling language in this film and, and some jokes that are sort of Again, kind of low-hanging fruit, kind of low-hanging. Not a whole lot of it, though. Not a whole lot of, but it was enough that it did make me go, oh, mm-hmm. you know. But um, this is the foundation right here. This is the foundation of two careers right here. Not only, That's true, yeah. Not only Robert Townsend, but this, I mean, this is the blueprint for In Living Color. Mm-hmm. And not only is it the blueprint, you you know, you have Keenan Ivory Wayans, Damon Wayans is in here, yeah. Blinking You'll Miss Her Kim Wayans is in here. Oh, that's right, yeah. You you know, this so this it it's it's a tight film, as you said. The the bits, some of them work better than others, but I think black acting school is, you know, Dave Chappelle level biting. So I like that a whole lot. Yes, you you yes. know the problem is it comes very early. It in the comes movie. and and it, you're absolutely right. Like they actually that yeah yeah it's actually too early. Right, because they never reach those heights for the rest of the film. No. But but yeah, I'd absolutely recommend Hollywood Shuffle. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, before we tell you what gift. Vince is going to highlight next week. We invite you all to email us. Follow us 
uh, email us at mishomission at gmail.com. Misho is spelled M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X. It's after the, um, the noted 20th century writer, producer, director, Oscar Michaud, the godfather of black cinema. Take that, Brian Tyree Henry. Yes, there you go. It is not, our show is not named after the noted actor, Nikki Michelle, oh. um, but who is a fan of our our shows. I wanted to give her a little shout out. Hey, how you doing? I saw you doing work. She was in beast mode on Instagram after a workout. I saw Nice. Her. Yeah, so it was real cool. Um, so so email us. We, we love reading our emails as, as our as uh, you know, our good friend Mo found out. Yes. <laughs> uh, join the Facebook group at Me Show Mission. Like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all at Me Show Mission. And if you want to help a podcast, uh, wherever you find your podcast, especially if it is on iTunes, please leave us a ranking and a rating um, because that helps more people find our show. Yes. Which is available on MeshowMission.com. It is also available on Podglomerate, the Podglomerate network of curated podcasts just for you, as well as on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and any place and every place that you catch podcasts. Our show is available in a, in a shortened form in an edited form, it is available on radio on Saturdays at 1 p.m. on WPPM 106.5 FM. Philly Cam, People Power Media, here in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. And it is also available on Mondays, Monday mornings, where we invite you to spend your mornings with me show with the me show mission at 9 a.m. on Monday mornings. Uh, our show is available right there for your listening pleasure. 90. What is it? 91.7? 91.7. Yes. WKDU. That's right. The voice of Drexel University. Um, that actually brings me real quick before we get out of here. There was something I saw that I wanted to highlight and I want to make sure that I get it. Oh man, don't tell me I lost it. I, lo I lost. Oh, well, hold on. Hold on. There it is. Lance. Lance Hansen. Hey, Lance. He is a new member of our Michaud Mission group. Welcome to the our mission. Facebook group who wrote us and said that he caught the show for the first time last week on WKDU in Excellent. Philly. Excellent. He again today and found it to be insightful and very, very listenable. I'm going to keep tuning in. Excellent. Well, welcome. Welcome, Lance. Yeah, welcome, Lance. Thank you. Thank you. Tell a friend. And uh, make sure you tell WKDU. They'll, they'll like to know that people are listening to yes, us yes. on Monday mornings. <laughs> yes. You know? Uh Maybe they'll make. Maybe they'll want to make us like an everyday show. Ooh. You know, hey, hey, all hey. right. Shoot, sure. I, I can. I can do two jobs. There you go. Shoot. Yeah. Hey. All right. Uh, what are we going to be watching next week? What are we going to be watching next week? So I was thinking about this month, and I was thinking about the first two films. And in a lot of ways, we we've kind of hedged our bets. Where we, you know we we talked about Devil in a Blue Dress, and we said in the gift is Don Cheadle, and he's a gift that keeps giving. But I think it's fair to say that in a parallel universe where Mouse is played by another actor, 
Devil in a Blue Dress is still a good movie. Like, you know, still a solid good movie. Hollywood Shuffle, same thing. Love Helen Martin. I, I love the history that she brings with her, just visually and 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 the role that she plays. But again, Helen Martin's not in this film. Yeah, Hollywood, Hollywood Shuffle is still Hollywood Shuffle. And I wanted to choose an actor mm-hmm. who is, as we've discussed, an, an actor that really is the gift that give, keeps giving, regardless of the project. But then I also wanted to pick a project that was fairly mediocre mm. and that the performance of the actor was the real standout. Okay. Okay. So the actor, and I believe this is the first film that we've discussed with this actor, is Jeffrey Wright. Mm. And the film is from 2008. Oh, boy. Cadillac Records. Oh, wow. Didn't think that's where you were going. Okay. You thought I was going Shaft. Yes. Yeah, Shaft is, that, that's, that's a heavy lift. I, was, I thought about Shaft, but that A, that's a heavy lift. B, he's in it. But, I mean, he's in it, but, but yeah. Yeah. But Cadillac Records. Cadillac Records. That's a good one. It's, 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 it's a good choice. I don't know if it's a good movie. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> So it's like, you know, it's Adrian Brody, it's it's Beyonce, mm-hmm. it's most deaf in a pretty significant role. It is, oh, I just forgot that brother's name. He was on Oz. You just mentioned Cedric the Entertainer. He's got a, a, a bit part in there. But, you know, not to go ahead too far, I think it is Columbus Short. Did you find the guy from Oz? I'm looking. I'm trying to trying to find it here. Uh, Cadillac Records. American biographical drama story. Let's see the main cast. We've got uh, Adrian Brody, Jeffrey Wright, Cedric the Entertainer, Gabrielle Union. Oh, Eamon Walker. Eamon Walker, like you said, Gabrielle Union. But, you know, I think it's a pretty mediocre film with a real standout performance by Jeffrey Wright. Mm. Or at least that's how I remember it. We'll have to see next week whether or not that's how it still stands. I'm looking forward to it. I but not, just, I've never watched the full movie, so I'm okay. looking forward to that. See you next week, Cadillac Records. Good one. All right. That'll be our next stop on the Me Show mission, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, he's Vince, I'm Len, and in parting we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>